Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler live from Haymarket Park as we are uh, about ready for BP with DP. We're going to get some of the guys, the uh, ticket personalities down there. Eric Strickland, sun's out, guns out. He's got the sleeves on. He thinks that's going to be the difference between warning track power and a home run today. So we'll see if that is indeed the case. Uh, also, Nick Sainert should be out here warming up pretty soon. A few of the listeners as well. So we'll look forward to it. I'll give you a play-by-play to let you know if they're getting it done or not. And uh, I'll also let you know if they're, they're missing the swings entirely because that's comical and funny, and we like to do that as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, a lot about Nebraska's defense today, but uh, we'll jump to that here in a second. I do want to get to your reaction on the text line. Uh, Doug says the main difference in the offense is that swing passes are becoming slants and just fewer vert routes altogether, and that certainly could be the case. Is, uh, is you know, a, Nebraska did have a lot of long developing routes in the Scott Frost offense, um, and that seemed to be part of the problem with an, with an offensive line um, that doesn't, uh, that didn't pass protect all that well, a quarterback that wasn't great at uh, getting to his second and third reads. Um, it was just kind of strange. And so a lot of the frustration, I think, with that offense or, you know, over the last couple of years is just take what the defense gives you. And then they had problems with that, too. You know, Adrian Martinez, uh, I suppose, similar to Tommy Armstrong, who I mentioned before, um, difficulty with the accuracy on the short passes at times. Um, I can't wait to see that what we expect out of Casey Thompson is that type of precision. And maybe it's not stretching the field and getting big play after big play sometimes in the past game. Sometimes it is those slants routes or, or those yeah. drag routes or, you know, those quick comeback routes or whatever it is, um, just to take what the defense gives you. Because there's plenty of defenses, Nebraska's included, um, that's going to come into the game and, and basically dare you to do that. I mean, they'll give it to you. Um, and then hopefully, you know, bend but don't break, get turnovers. We know Nebraska's motto there on defense. There's a, there's a few defenses like that. And Nebraska's just been hesitant or, you know, just didn't take advantage of that enough in the passing game over the last uh, several um, years. So that's a good good text there from Doug. Uh, also, somebody ch- uh, texts in, unnamed texter, but a good text, said, I would like to know why everyone thinks automatically Oklahoma is going to beat us. They will not be running Lincoln Riley's offense, and Mark Whipple destroyed Be- Brett Venable's defense last year. Why is it just as soon as a loss? The defense lost their best playmakers, and it will be a struggle to implement their new style on both sides of the ball. And uh, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I can't wait for that Sooner game. Um, Nebraska, Oklahoma in Memorial Stadium. And it really is going to be, as long as Nebraska takes advantage, uh, you know, takes care of business early, it, it can be Nebraska's coming out party. Um, Oklahoma, I mean, part of it is Oklahoma might not be as good as they've been in years past. Certainly the most vulnerable as they've been in years past. And there's just a lot of turnover on that team. I mean, they got to kind of figure things out. Um, I think why you have the doubts, I guess, going into that game or why a lot of people would circle it uh, or at least at this point uh, assume that it might be a loss is just because it's hard to imagine Nebraska after winning three games last year, starting six and oh, or, you know, kind of getting a, adding a lot of win totals earlier. 
Oklahoma's their most difficult game. Uh, and Nebraska, it, to be quite honest with you, just hasn't won a game that big under Scott Frost. I mean, so there are some things working against Nebraska here too. Um, so look at both sides of it. But at the same time, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I expect that game to be close, and I expect Nebraska have their opportunity to beat the Sooners and possibly propel themselves you know, into the top 20, top 15 if they get that win. I'm going to tell this texter right now, you need to start listening to the ticket water coolers more often because I absolutely am right there with you. And I've said for the past, I don't even know how many weeks, Bach, that Nebraska's going to win that game. You don't come into Memorial Stadium with a new head coach, with a new quarterback, with an entirely new system, and walk into Memorial Stadium and beat this team. I'm telling you right now, I've got Oklahoma up as a, as a win as well, Texter. I'm right there with you. I'm buying Mark Whipple. Brent Venables I don't think is a good fit for the Big 12. I understand it was an SEC hire, and you're thinking long term. I understand all of that. I get it. I, I understand what people are going at when I say that. But Oklahoma's still in the Big 12, and I, I don't think Brent Venables is the right hire for that. I really don't. And Dylan Gabriel obviously got hurt last year when he was at Central Florida, so I don't know if I'm buying Dylan Gabriel coming off of an ACL injury either. I'm right there with you. I'm taking Nebraska. I've already said 9-3. and three. My losses are Rutgers, um, Michigan, and Iowa. I've already said are my three losses, and I'm sticking to it. I'm telling you, Nebraska's going to start 5-0. and They're going to be 14th in the country, and they're going to have a letdown game. And unfortunately, it's going to have to be against Rutgers, and I'm not too excited about that. But uh, the, for the Friday <laughs> night, I'm telling you, the, the, there's something about a Friday night game on short rest that just really worries me. On the road, love, different time yeah. zone. I it just feels it feels like a trap game. I don't know what it is and I hope that I'm wrong. I hope it actually Nebraska going 10 and 2 and only losing to Michigan and Iowa. That would be nice. Or if they just beat Iowa entirely, let's go 11-1 and one and only lose to Michigan. I'm okay with that, too. We'll meet them again in the Big Ten Championship game, beat them, and go to the playoff. That's okay with me, too. I'm okay. We will all accept that collectively. But, no, I've got, I've got Nebraska beaten. Sorry, I went on a little bit of a tangent right there. I got kind of excited because I got heated up because I'm right there with the texture. I understand why you would be frustrated. I don't think this is a gimme game for Oklahoma, and I think that line that's at 6.5 right now is going to continue to go down for Nebraska, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that's kind of funny that you like to stick to your pre your actual predictions game by game um, because you're sticking to that Rutgers I, loss. I'm telling you, I, I don't know you're, what you're... it is, Buck. It's a trap game. <laughs> think if Nebraska – like, actually think about that. If Nebraska started 5-0 and and they're starting to get the buzz – Friday night, there's not many games played on a Friday night. I don't know what it's going to be aired on, but it is a primetime game, obviously. Is it, if it? Is it? I think it's set for that, yeah. Okay, so it's going to be a primetime game, a national spotlight, and it just it, it it feels weird. I've got a weird pit in my stomach. Nebraska's going to be ranked by then, and I think they'll probably be in the top 20. 14 may be a little bit too high. 18, 19, even at that 20 mark, Nebraska will be ranked. They'll be undefeated. It just feels weird. It feels icky, Bach. I think that's the word that I'm going to use to describe it. It feels icky. Well, I won't disagree with you that uh, going to New Jersey at any time feels a little bit icky, but I don't feel like that Friday night uh, thing is going to bother them too much. Not too worried about Gavin Wimsett. Love Noah Vedrill. 
Same type of idea there, though, if he ends yeah. up taking the job. And which, by the way, uh, a lot of a lot of Rutgers media have uh, just kind of given Gavin Winsett the the nod, basically because Noah Bedrill's offenses struggle to score 20 points per game. So I kind of understand that. But, uh, you know, their head coach uh, speaking the other day at, at Big Ten Media Days, Greg Schiano, was saying um, that, you know, Noah might have the edge just because of his experience, similar to kind of what we think here with Casey. So, um, you know, we'll see kind of how that plays out. Uh, we are live from Hayes. Market Park today from the Ticket Water Cooler will be the same thing here on the block. I see some of the guys now out there warming up. Strix out there. They're, they're going to throw balls first before they warm up just uh, uh, in the batting cage anyway. And uh, and then eventually they'll get out there. A lot of the Salt Dogs preparing for their game tonight uh, out there doing stretches. So a lot going on out here on at BP with DP at Haymarket Park. I think they're actually headed to the bullpen uh, to do their warm-ups. Is, uh, but I'll give you the play-by-play as it continues. We'll take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, we're pretty much just talking Husker football all day long. How can it get any better than that? And play-by-play uh, of play, what's going out here from the Haymarket Park with our, uh, or with our guys out there trying to take some swings. I'm betting on no home runs, but uh, maybe I'll be wrong. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket.